Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversations. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion. And throughout our career as songwriters and producers, we've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible rising artists. Talking Lion is about hitting record on the conversations we've had with our musical friends and collaborators to get a glimpse into what their life's been like and where it's going. We recorded this episode with our good friend Nick Smith in March of 2022. Nick is an amazing musician, producer, and collaborator, and we've mentioned him many times on the show because he's collaborated with so many of our friends. We were so happy to finally have him on the show, and we hope you enjoy this episode. So, without further ado, I'm Nick Smith, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. <laughs> Hello. What's going on? We already got you laughing. That's <laughs> yeah, good. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we'll be How laughing are you, the whole buddy? time. I'm good, man. This has been Very a long good. time coming. It has been a long time coming. We've mentioned you on the pod quite a bit. You have mentioned. I've listened to the pod quite a bit. <laughs> I, anytime any one of my friends is on, I pretty much immediately or very soon after will listen to their episode. Well, I, one of the things I like most about you is you got a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of a lot of mutual friends around here. Well, that was, I think, one of the, the, you know, just diving right into it. My favorite thing about, uh, like, how I remember us meeting was you were, like, at our house. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I think I met you right around over there. Yeah, right yeah. The kitchen. I, was, I hung out on that uh, balcony for, like, an hour and talked to Bendik about philosophy or something. <laughs> that sounds about right. As is the way. As you do with Bendik. But, yeah, yeah it was one of those things where it's, like, you know, we we're, were throwing a party. Mm-hmm. Of course, the crews of various folks come through and you you come up you're like yo i'm nick i know you like yeah like you're i like what you're doing like i I hope you like and literally my first thought was like oh god not i'm not doing this like i told you this i told you you this this, yeah yeah my first thought was fuck no like i'm so drunk and i'm like i'm like no yeah right (laughs) but then then, of course like then I think the next morning i don't know if you know this part of the the next morning and i was like did you meet nick smith last night i'm like Oh yeah, like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna he's like, No, you should. Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta listen. <laughs> That's awesome. Um here's the thing, I famously just don't have particularly good taste in right. it. And I'm also like more or less always on the defensive, especially right. at parties. So it was one of those things uh, and with Berkeley folks. Mm-hmm. And this was around the time I mentioned this on Sophia Capri. I had episode. only just gotten there. This yeah. was like I had just moved. This was like January of twenty twenty or February of twenty twenty. It was was it your birthday? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, my birthday is January. Yeah. So this it would have been late uh, January of 2020. It was definitely at a time still. Yeah. Where I just, I think pre-pandemic for a long time, and you hear this pop up in like Jad's episode and Sophia Gapari's episode. I just like, I don't know. I just am always on the defensive. Like I, for some reason... If anybody comes up to me the way I would come up to anybody else, I'm always just like, what the fuck do you yeah. want? But you were like, listen to this kid who came up to you yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And you have the, just the, the most soulful voice. Oh, like it was now. just butter. It is like, it made <laughs> me feel so safe. Yeah. And of course, uh, you cover uh, Amelia Ali's Love the Ocean. Yeah. Thought you said 
that you love the ocean. Co-written by Mr. No McGuire. That's me. Yeah, that's um, right. That's a great song. Oh my god, I, I really like that song. I love your version though. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, I love your version it's so much. Crazy. Um, it's I, a different song. Yeah, it's yeah, like, super. Well, I can't play guitar that well. <laughs> <laughs> but boy, can you play piano? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Thanks, and man. and the voices, the the the, the harmony. Yeah, layers, stacks. layers on layers on that one. It's crazy, man. Yeah. But that that was the thing was that I think that you are. I have a list of people who I like genuinely feel like if I could go back in time, I would tell myself like. Just take them seriously the first time you meet them yeah, because right. I was like I like I just I, I don't know. I, well, parties no time to be like, all right, you just we just met like, what? Show me all of your music you right were, now. You know what I mean? You like, were it's very not cool. All right, you were very cool, and and I, I you know I think I felt the same way about Kapari. I felt the same way about Jazz. Like I just I think I wanted nobody to bother me at one point. You know, like, and but but you're fucking good, and that's Thanks, all I'm man. trying to say is that I. You are uh, you are one of a long list of things that uh, uh, you are one in a long list of people that made me reconsider how I engage with people. Yeah, man, and that's important. That's that's a cool way of putting it. <laughs> I mean, I definitely like I value the hang too. So like, I know when it's like, yeah, when you meet somebody at a party, especially around here in LA, and that was like early on. So I was like, nobody knew me yeah, really yeah. yet, except for my friends from school and like Ruben and Louie and them and like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not like I wasn't like coming out the gate like very like oh you gotta check out my stuff like let me send you some links like right like no, I'm exactly. just trying to hang out for a bit and like let's become friends and then like you know maybe we work on music eventually. Well, and, and, like, and you ultimately let the work like you're such a talented performer. You let your work speak for itself. Like you're not necessarily yeah. going like hey check out my stuff. Like you're you just you're one of those people who's so good that the second someone hears you, they're like fuck I gotta hear yeah. more. You're of also this. so nice that you let that speak for itself too, which, yeah. what you're, which is what you're saying. Yeah, I'd, I'd love like I. <laughs> It's very nice of you also. Thank you. But I love like I'm I'm not precious about my music in terms of sending it out, but I definitely don't like if anyone offers like a little bit of interest, we'll be like, well, here. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Exactly. Well, you know what I mean? Like and if somebody's like response to a story with something I'm working on, they're like, this is dope. I'll just send the link. Like, immediately. Here's my entire album. Yeah, yeah. But I don't like I don't like go out. Of, like if nobody asks for it, I don't send it. If yeah. that makes sense. Like I don't, I don't cold message people that often. Yeah. No, I think you should. I mean, I think people should cold message. Yeah. yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's like, I, you know, at the time I was so, I got, I, I used to get so anxious whenever anybody was even particularly nice to me because I knew <laughs> how, how much I needed people to be nice to me. Mm. Um, but like since the pandemic, I'm just like, uh, like, I don't care if you're faking it. Be nice to me. Like I'm so, yeah. I'm so yeah, fragile right. these days. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And I also like my favorite sessions always, regardless of like how many, you know, if they if they're in music, if they're not in music, if they're like really big in music or whatever, like the most fun ones are the ones you do with your friends. Always. Yeah. Oh, always. So like fun. I would rather become friends with somebody first and be friends with them for a minute before we even really start working. Well, that, that was my <laughs> favorite know? thing about the top of the year too, is like I was putting together producers to work on uh, my partner Jess's project mm. and you were top of the list. Like I literally called you in traffic. You did. It yeah. was like, I was like, okay, we're doing talking line this year. Yeah, I was like, like eating breakfast or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I got some stuff you, you know, you could look at like yeah. Jess got some stuff you could look at, you know? Cause I mean, you've really become a go-to for a lot of people. Yeah, man. Um, and it's, I think because you are on the one hand, uh, a chameleon in the way that you're able to approach you know like you can do the edm stuff yeah, with with a down. smile yeah. you know solidly but you could also do you know break it down a little bit more you can do the hyper like not hyper pop you can do the Vaguely very pop hyper, stuff yeah, yeah. with with sophia mm -hmm. kapari friend of the pod 
um, you know, but then then shift that into more band stuff and yeah. fantasies. Yeah. Then throw it down for Charlie's hip hop. Yeah, that's CCB's right. hip hop. Charlie's great, man. Charlie's crazy good. <laughs> but you still sound like you in all of those contexts. Yeah. So there is a signature about yeah. it as well. I think that that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I've thought about it. I think like, because I've thought about that a lot too. Like it, I've definitely like, I'll have days where I'm like, all right, today's like the piano only ballad. Right. Like, I'm just going to put some like really reverbed out strings and like piano and that's it. No bass, no drums. And then the next day somebody will come, like Nicole uh, will come and be like. Tim's, right? Yeah, Tim's, yeah. And she'll she'll be like, all right, can we do like, <laughs> she's like, here's this reference and it's just crazy distorted drums, bass, like right. almost nothing tonal. Like it's just like. You go chromatic yeah, a lot yeah. shit too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just like there's no like bassist in like Western music. <laughs> right. You know what that's I mean? I'm like. I'm here for it all, you know. Microtonal like, arrangements. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that for me too is like electronic music was was big for me in that like because electronic music is just like they I appreciate don't, the ch- the challenges of yeah. all these these areas too, which I really appreciate. Yeah, it's like the music of it is like just the rhythm and the sound, and it's like you can think of music in so many different like with hip hop, like it's not the melodies in the verse that make it musical. It's like the internal rhyming. It's mm-hmm. like the the rhythmic cadence of it, how like the inflection goes, and even like. The melodies are just like, it's not really notes, but it's one word is higher than the other. You right. Know what and I mean? that's and super like, important for hip hop. Yeah. It's, it's and like, the stuff you repeat, like when, like the, the arc, it's still a melody. Yeah. Like it's still ultimately a it's, melody. I mean, I consider uh, podcast editing to be extremely melodic. Yeah. But I'm right? not fucking around. Yeah. Like, no, I, like, I get what you mean. I know it sounds yeah. like kind of esoteric. Even, even when you're cutting between different stuff, like, yeah. if you don't, if you fuck up somebody's cadence, you can hear that edit. Mm-hmm. But there are so many times where I'm like, I'm a wizard because I, like, I can hear right. where one sort of cadence leads into the other their cadence of another and you're you're blending it out like even yeah speech rap all that stuff has i mean even slam poetry yeah slam poetry is is super specifically yeah there's so much music musicality in that yeah i've been i'm working on this project recently where i'm trying to write raps for a text-to-speech algorithm and like super super like on the grid in logic and it has been fascinating just scientifically Mm -hmm. like as a student of music yeah and 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 rap and writing and melody and microtonal stuff just like Especially like a good like you know neural network mm-hmm. like uh, text to speech algorithm that sp- is aiming to speak naturally, mm-hmm. but then thinking about how it's like how would I perform this? It's like oh the way I would perform this is really jilted. It's not how someone would say this or speak it. There's like such a melodic arc to yeah. what I'm hearing in my head. How do you get like how do you force that out of a robot? Right. The way I the way I think about music in general and a lot of those things like music and especially like. When I meet somebody who I think of as like, they're like an artist, even if they're not necessarily the one producing it, like it all comes down to like having opinions on how things should be. Mm-hmm. And it's like things like that, where it's like making decisions on like this vocal needs to be like a little bit more behind the beat and like, or like, even though it's not really melodic, like the way that it's inflected on, like that is like a decision you make. And like the decisions that you're making when you're making music or making well, that's that's, what makes you a producer. that's the whole process. Yeah, that's yeah. like that is like the art to me. It's like everything, everything in music is a decision. Whether yeah. or not you put it in as a guitar, or if you put it in as a ukulele and you tune it down, or you pitch it down, like, yeah, that that's a decision to make. And then it's if you can make every decision in a song based on like an artistic or a thematic purpose, like that's where you get like crazy artistic crazy real like that's to me that's like where hits are (laughs) at least that's that i like is like well and everything is purposeful if that makes sense that's where i feel like you guys really shine both of you is because of the fact that like that decision making process comes so 
I think naturally to you. Mm-hmm. I think that for me, like I'm, I'm much more of an editor. Yeah, like, I think that I'm a producer in the sort of like like executive yeah yeah uh, degree and capacity. The, because the old school like he, Rick Rubin yeah, types. <laughs> yeah, when I'm like actually sitting down at the DAW, I get really really overwhelmed by not just like the paints at the paints at the disposal, right. but also like. Like, oh, you know, did I buy the right paints? Oh, mm. you know, am I able to, you know, mix these pigments the way that, like, Noah would be able to mix these pi- pigments or whatever? Obviously, comparison being not particularly good, but it's more just that, like, I have an idea of what I want really clearly. Right. And that, for me, feels very powerful and very musical. But when I actually have to sit down to execute it or try to execute it for somebody else, that gets very, very challenging. Well, I've, I've, I found an insight into this recently because I've been trying to get into hand drawing, like, digi- like digital art. Like, yeah. I got, like, an eye iPad with with the Apple Pencil and I've been trying to learn how to like draw stuff and like digitally paint and I've been watching a lot of tutorials and there's this such this thing of like you know you're watching someone who does this professionally be like okay you do this and then you paint it this way and then you feel like they've skipped 30 steps yeah and it's like this is how people feel about music like this is people watch me in a session and go oh how did he just jump from this to this with such an effortless thing of like but to me it's just like this long tried and true decision making process but now i have a a window that i don't think i've ever had before into like how how frustrating and how how completely on the on the outside you can feel when you're trying to get better at something that's how i I haven't felt in years that's how i felt about uh the blender tutorials yeah exactly so much of that yeah like lightroom is like this 3d stuff yeah 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 so yeah blender being like yeah 3d art and whatnot like because i made a donut i think i yeah i I think you told me about yeah i think yeah i got really excited about it i think i texted everybody i knew about it i was very excited but the the thing is is that like there was you know for something like a donut or something that like mimics real life there is a degree of randomness Mm -hmm. but there is this understanding of how randomness can feel realistic Mm. and that's an instinct yeah i think that like you know he's like do this and do that and like like you know and there were these instructions i was following these following these instructions but he's like do it until it feels real to you Uh and i'm like what is real (laughs) like i'm like losing my mind about like what what that means you know yeah i've been Um, i've been as i've been trying to draw like hair and plants i've run into that because it's like what the difference between a squiggle that yeah. looks like a strand of hair and a squiggle that like really doesn't look like hair is such a fine line. It's yeah. such an esoteric it's, distinction. It's ran- It's organized like randomness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like what I appreciate so much about your music production is you have such a good handle on the stuff that sounds kind of like jagged and funky and You're in off the, the beat. Like, yeah. like stuff like that. Like those kinds of naturalistic or non-robotic yeah. flourishes. Like you in music, like you are just like the king of that. And I respect <laughs> you so much. Oh, thanks, man. It's, it's, it's something I think you, about a you lot. You do dark mode real well. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's something I think about a lot. Like I love coming at, uh, especially with sound design and, and whatever, like making sounds that are supposed to be synths, but that aren't like... You take like a like a noise source or something. You boost a resonance. Mm-hmm. That's like a tone, and then you turn that into a pad. And then naturally, because it's like like I do this a lot with. I love doing it with fire crackling because mm-hmm. then I can yes, tell people like TikTok's it's like that. yo, I made this sound out of fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this the song literally is literally fire. fire. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, it's it's actually fire. Like it's cool too, but like, it's literally, literally made fire. of fire. And it and it gives such a like organic natural feel because there's no repetition in fire crackling. Yeah. It doesn't crackle the same way twice. It mm-hmm. always like you'll have like like I'm not gonna I can't do it. You know what I mean? But <laughs> beatbox. Yeah, it, nah, it it like has its own kind of feeling to it. So like, uh, uh, yeah, that that naturalistic sound, like leaving a lot of noise in the background of stuff, leaving a lot of like kind of 
Well, it's uh, a chaos. It's a randomness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sp- it's interesting, too, because like I spent a lot of time on drum pockets in, in production, but I don't Do you mean play... like how far you can push it? Yeah, until it I don't like around. play the drums. <laughs> like I don't, a lot of people think I like play them in, but I don't, I just like, I'm literally placing every sample. I just keep listening to it and adjusting. Until it feels you're, right. a key, you're a keys player. Like, yeah, through, yeah, through yeah. yeah. And sometimes I guess I'll like, you know, put it on a key sampler like that yeah. and then play it in. But usually even after I do that, I'm, I'm really only playing it like I, I want like 16th notes. I'll just play 16th notes and then move them to where and you're I moving them anyways. anyway. Yeah. So I like I I do it that way because to, to me, like my my musical ability isn't as good as my ear, mm. if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. I can I can adjust and edit all day with drums until I know it like feels right. It's literally like it's always a feeling thing. I'm like yeah. constantly listening back and being like, ah, that doesn't really feel right. And most people, even when I work with people like it, especially if I'm working with other writers, like three other writers in the room, I'm not going to write that much. Like, right. They, they got it. I'm well, going to handle the production. I, I was going to ask, yeah. how do you tend to approach working? Cause you do work with quite a number of other yeah. artists with very distinctive sounds as well. Like how, like what's your process if there is any for just like meeting them where they are? This is, this is why I think it's really important that I like being friends with the people that I work with because the closer I am with them and the more I understand their musical taste, the more I can, <laughs> maybe there's a bad way of thinking about it. The more I can like trick them into liking the thing that I'm doing because <laughs> I'll do it in oh, a no, way I that, that full, I feel that wholeheartedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like for, for example, like uh, let's bring up Charlie, the homie he's so musically inclined and his ear for harmony is so insane that like to get him excited about stuff, I'll, will I'll give, I'll like, he's one of the only people I actually set up a keyboard, a separate keyboard for so that right. we can both play chords right, back and forth right. and we'll sit there and work out the chord progression for a minute before we actually go in and do the rest. And like, he trusts me on a lot of the sound stuff once it's in, but like, we'll, we'll definitely sit there and like work out the harmony and like, because I know that I want to make sure he feels like he's a part of the harmony of it. Cause it's so important to who he is as a person. Like he's such a musical person that that's like such a, such a big thing. And like, he's got such a color palette with his harmony. Exactly. That makes yeah. A huge part of yeah. his artist project. There's another like really good example of this with uh, Amelia and, and Mike uh, Spector we were working with. Oh, Mike's and, the best. Yeah. And yeah. I did a session with Dom, my roommate, Amelia and Mike, and we started the session by sitting outside around like my table and Dom just like playing on his little practice amp bass. And then we all just riffed melodies. Yeah. And then I took the voice memo and made that the entire track. So I turned, I took like, there was one bit where like somebody sang a note and it was like kind of isolated. I turned that into the lead synth. There was like somebody accidentally hit the table a couple of times. I turned that into the drums. And then, yeah, like I took one of the main like riffs that I think Amelia sang over the bass, pitched that up. That was like the sample in the song. And because it had uh, Mike and Amelia, they're both like, I, I said this before. I'm, crazy vocalist. Yeah, crazy vocalist. But they're like, I would describe both of them as like insanely human. <laughs> yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Like they're, they're uh, especially the music, very, very attached to, very, like, very authentic, very, very attached to like real, moments yeah. and like, you know, present situations, like being with people. And so the fact that the track was made out of this like little intimate, like outside, like quiet moment we had made the track feel more real to them specifically, I think. Yeah. Like it, it felt, if I think that it was easier to connect with because it was so like, you can't listen to the track if, and not be reminded of that session. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like right. that. And that's like, 
that's who she is. And whereas like with, with Charlie and the harmony and like the musicianship of it, like, that's who he is. Like it's, it's getting to know somebody so well that you know they what work. they like yeah. before they, you know what I mean? And before, how to translate exactly. things about that person and what they like yeah. into or their experience the language of, of music. Making it. Yeah. 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 I would never want somebody to feel like they, they just sang a song over a Nick Smith beat. Like right. that's not yeah. what, you know what I mean? Like that's not the goal. I want, it's their artistry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, uh, uh, I want somebody to be as excited about like my favorite situation in the whole world. I don't know if people know this, but like on SoundCloud is where I, I do links on SoundCloud for a lot of the bounces. I'll like yeah. upload them, private links, send them out. Um, I can see who's listening to, I can see which accounts are listening to the bounces. And my favorite thing in the whole world is when I send out a bounce and I look the next day, they've listened to it literally 50 times. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh yeah, I did it. <laughs> it's right, like, right, right. yes, they're excited. You don't listen to the bounce a bunch if you don't like it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I like, listen to it in traffic. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, they listen on the way home. I'm like, oh, and then their manager's on there. And they, I see their names on the phone. I'm like, oh, this song's coming I was, out. I was like, can I have the MP3? <laughs> I'm like, well, we'll send you the MP3. Yeah, Here's the SoundCloud for That's a my favorite yeah. thing in the world is when I see the person I just work with it's just bumping the demo all night like they just haven't stopped artists <laughs> listening if you're not if, if you didn't know this we definitely know whether or not you like a song yeah. <laughs> did you catch by the way what color uh noah's nails are Oh, let's go! Nice, yeah. yeah. Charlie, Charlie painted mine. Himself. Oh, amazing! I feel, I feel blessed. I got, yeah. I got mine done. Like, I got, I got my first yeah. manicure. My first oh, ever fantastic. actual manicure. I still have not done that. It's for, I, for those, for those in listener land, nose nails are mint uh, green to match. They're actually green. more forest green. I didn't. I thought uh, this was mint that green. Money, right? The mint green's kind of more that color, like yes. the vinyl. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I no, I think they're they're mint green to match your money. I paint my nails mint green to match my money. Okay, I drink my Julie's till my vision fuzzy. Okay, I keep my jewelry dripping just like honey. Oh my, and I just do me, don't care. You don't want me, I just do it for that. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. I would yeah. say so. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, that song goes hard. Yeah, that one's fun. It went hard. It went hard live. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that helps that. Uh, I mean, the, his band too. The the homies is my roommates. The roommates, yeah. yeah. Them fantasies, shout out. That's I, that's always whenever I'm like, it's that's why I always feel like it's such a small world. D- Dom is one of the sweetest people ever. Oh um, yeah, they're all they're all spectacular. Like d- yeah, they're all like. Well, they they all. I mean, Ma- Max uh, Max is gonna be our drummer for uh, a show, and then he had something come up. But like, we want Max to do a bunch of two of the. Rick is the best, like yeah. an insane guitar player. But but I want to talk about Dom real quick because I yeah. have a funny story, which is that he is just a very very nice guy. Like yeah, like. Uh, Rick and Max, like they, uh, you know, they're, they're also extremely, extremely nice, but also like know how to, you know, they'll, they'll they'll pal around with you a little bit, but but Dom doesn't want to ruffle my feathers. Right. (laughs) Like he's very, like he, he talks, talks to me very, very respectfully. Yeah. And at one point he was like, we were at the after party and he's, he's sort of like beating around the bush that like he wants to hang out sometime. Yeah. I'm like, Dom, are you? Do you want to hang out? Like, yeah. are you asking me whether we want to hang out? And he goes, "Yeah, man. Like, yeah, I want to like hang and jam and write yeah. and stuff." I'm like, "Dom, here's what I need you to do. I need you to I need you to text me tomorrow morning. Fuck you, come over. Yeah, like fuck mm-hmm. this, fuck whatever. Like, no yeah. pretenses. Like, fuck Just you. Come through. Just come through. Yeah. He's like, "Are you sure? Like, would you be upset right. if I? I'm like, no, I wouldn't be upset. Just say fuck. So I woke up the next morning to a text from Dom that says, but it's but he said it in quotation marks. He said, "Fuck you, come over. Right. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Like I appreciate no, you, buddy. No, they're great, man. Yeah, I appreciate I, that, that. That house is a really good time. 
because we're all, all just so sweet. Yeah, we're all really good friends too. We've been good friends for a long time, and yeah, I like school. Yeah, yeah since, we're all Berkeley schmucks for those yeah, listening. I actually yeah. I met them in Spain, and Valencia. Yeah, okay. and uh, and specifically, I met Dom and Eric on a Monday, and they were like, <laughs> and they're like, we're going. We're I meant going. no on a Thursday. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm fucking with you. There's, <laughs> there's a point to it. Uh, they, I met them on a Monday, and they were like, hey, so this Friday, these are kids I just met at the time. They're like, this Friday, we're going like four hours north to Barcelona to see this Stephen Wilson concert. Whoa. Yeah, right? <laughs> I saw Stephen Wilson. I've seen Stephen Wilson. And I was Wilson. like, I didn't know much Stephen Wilson at the time. I knew one of my friends that showed, showed him to me because he's like, crazy as Prague. Yeah. Like, you know, his band is nuts. Yeah, it's just super. Like, it's the thing he had Guthrie Govan. Guthrie Govan. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. Guthrie Govan. That was insane. The clarinet player. Yeah, that was that was a that was a wild time. And we went up. We had like a crazy weekend in Barcelona. Just me, Dom, and Eric. It was like the first. It was like such a like wow. I just met these kids, and now they're like traveling Europe That's together. Fun. <laughs> I love that. Someone. I was like, I was like, all right, we're locked. Like, we're we're good to go. Are you from Miami? No. No, where are you I from? have a lot of friends from I Miami. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's because yeah. I have a lot of friends. I'm from outside of Boston. No I grew shit. up in Massachusetts, yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. Um, where, where? I grew up in Sudbury, Massachusetts. How was that? It's It was cool. Nothing but <laughs> piano lessons and time? No, I didn't do piano lessons. Oh, shit. I didn't, I did, uh, I didn't do much like in the way of lessons until like Berkeley really. Well, actually it's funny. I, funny I say that. How'd I did. Into, how'd you, how did you get into doing music? That's my Avicii. question. Avicii. Levels by Avicii. That, yeah. That'll, that, do that'll it. fucking that really, do it. That, that song really did a number on uh, like civilization. Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. Well, what happened was I was into music. Like, so let's go back. Let's go back. <laughs> Let me back. When I was like five or six, like, yeah, I did piano lessons. I hated it. It was, it was terrible. I don't know if I just didn't like my teacher. I didn't like practicing. I didn't like classical music that much. I was like, this is kind of whack. I don't want to do this. Uh, a couple of years later, tried viola. And funny situation about that, I I guess I just never, I hated practicing. I hated playing viola. It didn't sound good. If you ever play viola and you don't know how to, it sounds like a dead cow. Yeah. Just, like it's, it's so bad to get a good tone out of that. I never brought the instrument to any of the rehearsals at school. And so, like a week before the performance, the like final orchestra performance, I was literally about to sit there, play it with the bow an inch above the strings, and just <laughs> mime it. I was like, I don't care. I don't, this is whatever. I'm just gonna do it for the for the family. I feel like I gotta. And then the orchestra, were your parents musical? Like, did they not the sort of musicals? Stuff? No. All right, yeah. Um, I'll get. My mom is an artist, but I'll get to that. <laughs> uh, is she the one that paints? She paints. Yeah, she's a pastel she paint painter. She did. She did. That's Never? yeah. She's she's a she does a lot of seascapes and like wave painting. That's so gorgeous. Like, That's then, awesome. Yeah, Amelia's mom did her cover, and so mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna get my mom to do That's, my. It was I cute. Love yeah, that. I thought it was yeah. sweet. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, that viola instructor. I he told my mom he's like he can't play it in the show. He's like he never he never performs, never. <laughs> never practices. He can't. He literally. I was the only kid who was like kicked out of the orchestra, <laughs> and I think it's really funny. To be like the kid who was like failed at music. Oh, <laughs> now I have to go on to be as successful as possible to make to validate that story. Dude, yeah, I, you know so what I mean? Like, yeah, no, exactly. I, I was uh, uh, I wasn't allowed to play uh, in the band. In, yeah. like, in the school band, they even had me like stand up on stage without an instrument, which right. got a lot of people upset. And then yeah, and, and in my school, like my I, I almost failed Ivy music like I did so badly in my music classes at at school and then of course you know we're doing okay yeah you yeah know? like yeah yeah it's so it's, I really picked back up into it in 
uh, in middle school. Because of Avicii? No. Well, yes. Yes. That's why I started. That's why I wanted to make music. My the the slight I I was in theater a little bit when I was oh, in yeah yeah you don't you know. say yeah right you really don't. you with the harmonies I was in the first show I was ever in I I didn't really I, I didn't, I'd never really sung for anybody I'd never really done any kind of like performance and then I'm all right, I'm gonna flex a little bit on, on me, my middle hit school me, hit me yeah, yeah. we're theater uh, kids too yeah so, so there's there's 120 people show, uh, tried out in my school for your good man Charlie Brown and I was Wait, in, sorry we need to back it up for a yeah. second how big was your school uh. Oh, a good chunk of kids, like a thousand, maybe. Okay, like American, American high yeah. School. Like, I'm just shocked that that 120 yeah, people auditioned was, well, for anything. Okay. I will say, our our we the- we struggled to get three people to audition for yeah. like the lead role. Our yeah. our theater director was like great. Like she was she was really good. The shows were like, I mean, there were still middle schoolers and like high schoolers singing this. It was always like only as good as you could be with that. But like she was ironically also it was uh our theater director uh, randomly is Chris Evans' sister. Huh. Like Captain America's sister was like the one. Uh-huh. He's from my hometown. He's like Weird. the only like like big actor from from my hometown. Have you but, met him? Yeah, no, but I met his uh, his sister and his mom. Nice. They're both very very nice people. And and his sister uh, was our theater director. And like she like really pushed a lot of these kids to, like be you know like really like try a lot. Like it wasn't yeah. just like hey, I learned the lines. But, like no, she was like she was like you got to get good. Like you got to really think like yeah. Charlie Brown. Yeah, it was, it was very inspiring, but. The flex I had was 120 people tried out for this show. Uh, 60 people got in, and there were six leads, and I was one of them. I was Linus. Hey, and I was a kid with a blanket. Yeah. Oh so, God, I, like, incredible. immediately, I went from never having performed to being like having like some solo songs in front of like usually it'd be like three, four hundred people in the in the audience. Like it was like a, you know, yeah. But I was like, I was like, all right. <laughs> That's, that's me. That's where you get. That's where you get. That's always been me. You know, I'm like that. I'm. I'm. I'm, <laughs> See, I, I'm a star. I, I loved, you know, like I loved theater in, in high school because it was like. I felt like after school I could just like see my friends and yeah, like fuck that's around what it was. and like and like chat with the crush. But then there was always the show had to happen. Yeah, and then it was always like. Wait no, fuck! Like this has to be good, and this has to like have like we were fucking around, like we were just chatting with everybody, like we were you, we didn't know we were supposed to remember these fucking lines. Yeah, I think I think the the parts that stay with me the most are like it's the backstage bits, like the even during the shows, like the actual shows, like the show's fun, like the crap you do behind, like right off stage was always like the funniest. Yeah. Like people be making faces and like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people- honestly, the, the the things that always stand out the most to me are like when something would go horribly wrong. Like yeah. when we did Twelve Angry Men and we accidentally went into Act Two in the middle of Act One. Like I'm never gonna forget that. We did like two or three flawless performances of that show. Right. It's the one that went horribly wrong that will That's stick funny. with me. That it, but even not even in that it haunts me and that it's like I think of that fondly. Like yeah. I love that story. I, know, it's, I love it's that. It's so memory. fun. It's it was great. And like that was I was like, uh, maybe I maybe I do want to start singing. Like Maybe I actually do. I remember I got, I, I started using GarageBand and like just messing around. And and it wasn't, it was always like GarageBand to me. It was like, all right, I open up my computer. Like I could open Minecraft or I could open GarageBand. Like right. it was a video game. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was like, I'm going to put. It's very like interesting to me. The fact that like somebody somewhere decided to include GarageBand in all computers. Yeah. And I wonder how many like producers started yeah. because some I'm I'm doing I'm music you. because of that. Yeah, some random person in a, a, a boardroom decided that. that yeah. You know? And and you know, I was such a I was such a music nerd and I didn't even realize it. Like the early stuff I was doing in GarageBand, I was remaking songs. Cause I didn't know how to write right. really. So I did yeah, a I did, I did like that. I tried to remake sale. 
uh-huh, by AWOL uh-huh. Nation. Oh man! And then and then one of the craziest ones was like, I tried to I tried to, I guess what you'd call it is transcribe the MIDI of Through the Fire and Flames. Oh yes. yeah! And, and I thought I thought like if I could do that. I'm going to be, that's going to like, no, but that's, I mean, it was, I didn't even think of it. It wasn't even like, I'm going to get good. It was like, I just, was like a I wanted to puzzle. do it. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was literally, it felt like it was like, you had to use your ear kind of and work it out. And I had a reference thing of like a video I saw online of a piano thing of it. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of just copying that. Yeah. The thing with Avicii was levels came out and I had at that point had some exposure to electronic music for the most part. I was listening to like, my brother and sister was it was Coldplay, One Republic, The Fray. It was like that, yeah, the Fray, that era. You know what I mean? Like soft rock, soft rock from England, like yeah, exactly. vaguely. You know what I mean? Like slightly shoegazy. And then Levels came out, and it was just like it changed everything. <laughs> you know, like it just. I was like, this is so simple. There was a, a BL and AL before and yeah. after uh, yeah. <laughs> Levels. Exactly. That's how it feels. And I, I thought, like, I can do this. I could make that. I couldn't. I didn't know how to, but <laughs> I thought I could. So I, 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 you know, I started making house or w- what I guess was house. Is, you know, I didn't. My kicks didn't kick, and yeah. my bass didn't bass. You house know is, what I mean? House like is the thing I've learned because I, you know, <laughs> when I was around the time, you know, around that time that levels came out, I remember just being like. Oh man, fuck Calvin Harris, fuck Avicii, titanium, bro. fuck titanium. Ooh. This isn't music. Like even though secretly I probably enjoyed it on some like dopamine, like lizard brain level. Oh, interesting. Culturally, I didn't fuck with it, uh, and I had this thing of like anyone can make this kind of music. And now, like that, I'm like a professional producer. I'm like house music I had, is so hard to pull so off. Hard. I had such an opposite reaction. I also thought anybody can make this music. But you loved it. And I it. was like, let's go. Like, my time is now. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to make real music. And I was sitting yeah. there, like, noodling away. No, I never, seven, felt, eight, I like... never felt like that. Because for the first, like, four years of producing, I didn't know how to play piano. So oh, wow. I was I was MIDI only. Like, I was very, like, I was watching all the FM future music. Like, okay, there's yeah. a video of, well, like, Amici really... producing. And I just copied what he did from FL to Logic. I was really into Skrillex. Like, yeah. Like, and, and dubstep, like, back when that was, like, it was cool yeah, to do dead, that. Like yeah. That era, yeah. But it was, like, I had some friends come over. Like, my best friends come over. Because I was, like, you know what? You guys love dubstep. I'm going to make a dubstep remix of, like, the opening song of Zelda Wind Waker. Yeah. You know, like, those hard flutes? What was, how did, I know that game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It goes hard. But, like. Yeah, it's I tried like to make a medieval a, type. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to make a dubstep remix of that. You know, what? I might. I, you know, one day, no, I might be like, you know, for for a birthday present, or I'll I'll give you five hundred dollars <laughs> to finally make this dubstep dream of mine happen. But we tried to do it, and it was impossible to make. Yeah, and that and that was, I think, the moment where I was just like, I'm not going to try to be a producer. I'm going to try to write. You know, yeah. One of the first tracks I made ever in GarageBand was accidentally dubstep because <laughs> I I found this one feature on one of the synths that said cut off. And I noticed if you went, moved it up and down, wow, 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 wow. And I was like, oh, I could, I could just automate the crap out. So, wow, 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 Like, that's what I, it sounded awful, but it was right. I didn't, that, that, I think that's the craziest thing I've learned with production over time. That's the most, that's the most inspiring thing anybody could say is, is, this is awful, but it's right. It's the right, it was technically the right way to do it. Yeah, is you the way that all like a lot of those big sounds are is like sometimes they're just automating a filter cutoff. Yeah, I didn't realize that that I I was like they're clearly they're doing something else when they are they're compressing the shit out of it and OTT and all that other goodness. But 
at, you know, that's literally what they're doing the whole time. Like all the tools I'm using, compression, EQ, reverb, delay, all that. It's the same thing. I just know how to use them better now. Like, yeah, exactly. It, there wasn't any secret trick I didn't know. That's the biggest thing I think. I think you learn as a producer. All the tools are point. there. You have the tools right from the very beginning. Yeah. And there's a craft, and you get better at the craft. But there's, I think, the quicker you can dispel the myth that there is like the a, secret sauce, yeah, or like the right way to or do things. There's a financial barrier. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like whenever people ask, like people always ask, "What plugins do you use?" Yeah. Like, I hate that question. I don't know, man. Stock Logic chorus. <laughs> like, yeah, Latch, I don't Latch know, was dude. made with Stock Logic plugins. Yeah, I learned that recently. Yeah. Oh, that's not. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's it's so old. Latch actually, was made with that really ugly synth, the ES2. Yeah. Oh, I love I that hate thing. The ES2. I love that well, thing, dude. I love that thing. I uh, I use the retro synth a lot. Retro the retro synth is, synth is so like, good. That's there's, some there's Juno the ca- type. The cashmere video of the thing where he's just like, yeah, I just accidentally distorted this track instead of the other track, and then it sold five million. No, he moved. He moved the melody onto a bass by accident, yeah. and then he made like a G six. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, there was one or two sessions in my life where like I somehow forgot my sample drive or something, and I had to use like a bunch of stock Logic stuff. So like last like month and a half, I've started this thing where like if I have an extra like. 30 minutes here or there i'll just do a beat in only logic plugins and like see if i can actually make it well because limitation <laughs> reads like yeah. good shit and so i'm like because i've always thought about that like if you can if it's possible to make a hit with stock shit am i good enough to make a hit with stock like am i really should, should i even have all these bells and whistles if i can't do it with yeah. nothing it, the other stuff just makes it easier or faster for me always ask like what's your advice for like up and coming writers and producers like my two things i always say is write as as much as you can like before you get anywhere like if you've never really written that much you're starting to get into it write as much as you can to copy other people for a while because you don't know what you're doing yet also if you're gonna get sued like that yeah it's what uh ben camp said is that if you're at a place where there's enough notoriety around your song that you're getting you know your eyes on it and stuff you know, and we're not saying like fucking full full on rip off whatever. No, but like yeah. if 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 their drums hit a certain way and it's that kind of tempo and groove, like maybe try that groove and then write similar chord sound, different chords, different melody, but otherwise generally keep it the same because that's gonna get you need to get like good at the skill of it first. Yeah. I mean, you think about uh, Frank Ocean's first record. You think about Nostalgia Ultra. You know, not his first album, his first mixtape he put out a record where he like would take a Coldplay song and sing over it. And he wrote an entire song over it. Like most of Chance that record. too. Yeah, yeah. Most, most of the, most of those like mi- that mixtape mentality. Now Nostalgia Ultra is on Spotify. Maybe not, not, not even yet. Like it's because it's so hard to clear all those samples, but mm-hmm. it became a cult sensation and launched an entire career. Yeah. Like if you, and if it you, was very easy to clear samples when money is no object and you have a, you got a the, the teams who will answer budget. your yeah. phone your phone calls. I mean, we've tried to clear samples before, and they won't even take our call. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, so just steal. <laughs> just, just steal like an artist. Stealing. Steal and but don't don't sign anything. <laughs> yeah, but it's also yeah. But that's that that is the interesting thing too, is because I think that what we're going to be starting to approach is like, I mean, there are, if you're lucky, twelve notes in a scale, and our <laughs> ears are used to certain 
melodies or certain notes going to other notes mm-hmm. there uh what's what did they call it at berkeley uh in ear training when it's like you go from yeah. you know la to soul or from t to do like tendency tones tendency or whatever. tones yeah. Yeah. we have tendency tones like we have things that our ears want us to do mm-hmm. so one of two things are inevitably going to happen the first is that that we are going to start you know, once you start getting these sort of levels of scrutiny more and more, you are either going to start people suing for like some crazy fucking stupid melodies. Yeah. Like people suing because you did like, you know, me, Ray Doe. Yeah. You know, or you're going to have people writing melodies that really piss you off. Yeah. <laughs> that don't go where you want them to go and not in a cool way, they but in a, so bad. I don't get sued yeah. kind of way. Yeah, no, it's whack. Don't. And that sucks. Yeah, yeah, but don't, I mean, yeah, I'm always a, a big fan of just like, always just chasing whatever feels best. Like yeah. it probably feels good. Somebody else probably thought it felt good before you. They already did it, but who cares? It still feels good. And also I feel like in the realm of songwriting, there isn't as much scrutiny when it comes to this. Obviously you had the Taylor Swift case where, you know, someone tried to sue her over haters going to hate players going to play. But for the most part, how many songs have been written about, you know, Tonight let it go, let it go or closure. I, keep or like, I don't know. Like I keep coming back to this. There's so many songs about tonight being the night. But there's only one song about the boys being back in town. And I think that is a shame. We need to have more songs about the boys being back in town. Yeah. But like, if you wait, w- wait, isn't that crazy though? Because you can say tonight is the night, tonight, tonight is the night. night, tonight is the night. If you and I wrote a song where the chorus was the boys are back in town, yeah, we would get sued. We would get sued. Probably get yeah, sued. That's what yeah, exactly. But that's like that's a very specific case. Like I feel like there's plenty of other like wh- what is it? What is the statute of limitation on lyrics being strung together mm-hmm. that, that make it a copyright? What is a Wonderwall? Just make up a word. Yeah, just make up a yeah, word. That's a wonderwall. You know, once you make up a word, then yeah, that word time. is yours. Big time. Yeah, it's very like if it's so clear that it's copied, it's one. I don't know. I really. I, I, I love think sampling. It's crazy. I love electronic I, music. I love hip hop. Like it's. I like sampling, and I. Everything's a remix. Yeah, and, I, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna sum. I'm gonna sum for a second to any like independent or new artist. It is crazy for any new artist to be thinking about legalities. Almost at all. Yeah. When it comes to the actual art, art, art of creating. Nobody's going after you for it. There's no money in it. There's yeah. no money in it. Yeah. That's the only reason someone would go after yeah. you for it. Exactly. Which is why it's only ever a problem when you've already banked, most likely. But also, yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- yeah. Think about uh, uh, Old Town Road, which sampled the, uh, the Nine Inch Nails sample. Yeah. He mm-hmm. just got put on the song. Yeah, it was just like sick. You know, yeah. nobody's upset. Yeah, yeah, it's like tight. A bad, extra fat check, like dope. Yeah. I'll, I'll be on the song. Yeah, like, and if you did so, so whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, no, I love, I love sampling. What if, what if Lil Nas X didn't put out the song because he was worried about clearing the sample, and you know, and uh, Chet and Reznor didn't get back to him? Yeah, that's yeah. for real. That's like I, I think in nine times out of ten, it's better to just put the song out. Yeah, I have way too many demos like sitting on my computer. You know what I mean? Yeah. That like, it's a big thing to like be afraid to put stuff out for reasons like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's much you like music doesn't really exist when it's just sitting on your computer. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And we we have we have a song that we really like that we that we've held on to for a while because we sampled this whole your next song. one that's coming out is you've had for a minute. But I mean, no, and I we've been around for a little while. So like when I say that we've been holding on to this song for a while. It's not like most improved. We've been holding for two years, and that's like, a long time for you know for to hold for, on to music. Yeah, in but, general. Actually, but I, we've held on to this song for six years. For six years. Yeah. I just I just remember. Uh, I think the first time I've technically actually ever seen you guys was on, in my freshman year at Berkeley. Oh, uh, did you did you go to the self portrait show? Yes. Uh, no, so wait. No. Was it the, it was was it it was the one that was at Red Room? 
Oh, the one that was super, super sold out? Yeah. Like where people were climbing into the back? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was a fucking crazy show. Yeah. I don't yeah, remember I who. So. I, I genuinely don't remember who else played that night, but I remember your guys' It was set. us. I remember your set. It sold out like hardcore. Yeah. That, it, was, it was like a fairly, I mean, like, yeah, you do a lot of pop music. Was it, but a it was free like show? a fairly electronic sh- set. Like, I yeah. thought so. Like, it was pretty, it was like we were, some yeah, we were electronic for Berkeley yes. standards for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it was very like there's a lot of musicianship in it, and like that was the time I was getting into like. Dude, I was like, playing the SPD and yeah. then the synth bass at the same time. I was getting super into like FKJ, and mm-hmm. actually at that time too, I was like, this is before I was friends with Smile. Like I was like a big fan of theirs, mm. and they were like really on that like combining big synthy electronic stuff with like very musical arrangements. Well, we were know? we were being informed by like Jack Garrett and Lita. Oh yeah. Which is oh, like, yeah. obviously it was electronic, but there was a whole lot Lito's of- Lito's one of my favorites. Oh, know? yeah. Like, yeah. Were, you at, were you at our little master class with him when he came to Berkeley? I was- Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did go to that. That was yeah. fun. No, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm way too familiar with that dude's catalog. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, he's we were, one of that's those why like, we were picked. That's why we were picked. He's yeah. one of those like couple artists where like, I know, not only I know his cuts, I know like his- tertiary SoundCloud well, dude, accounts. Well, because he gave out the hard drives with all those unreleased remixes yeah. to the Berkeley kids. Like, he gave it to... He He basically just... He dropped blood in the water. We yeah. were so, <laughs> yeah, we were so he, good Because those it. were all... Like, we were talking about, like, those were all not legal. Yeah, those like, were bootlegs, like, yeah. That's why I like remixes. That's actually one of the reasons I do... Well, yeah, he got in trouble, remember? He yeah, got in he trouble did. for the Latch For Latch, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, that's one of the reasons I kind of... I don't love TikTok, but one of the things I do like about TikTok... Is that there's this weird intellectual property? Uh, yeah, no one cares. Free for all. Yeah. Everyone, for all yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like which, which, like take take some and leave some. Like it's not that dope when somebody steals your thing, but like in my opinion, it's kind of sick. Especially if you're like if you do something like we were talking about last time I was here, like <laughs> quote unquote like covers but cooler. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, like yeah, covers but cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like like you, nobody's. I'm just doing songs that already exist yeah. for a lot of those. So it's like nobody's gonna steal my version. You know what I mean? But the the ability to just like do anything on there and just know that like you can like yeah. I, I would never put that stuff up on YouTube I feel yeah, like I would sure. just be immediately yeah. get taken down like the, but up there it's like no one cares I could cover songs the, all day I can mash up it's it's the mashups are uh I mean you know we've been getting unhinged internet mashups of song for a while but I feel like we're at a new like epoch or a new plateau of unhinged like the material girl thousand miles. <laughs> girl that like what is that how do we get to a point in culture where that is the thing that exists yeah i i don't know if i like it or not but i oh i love stop it. listening I, mean, I, to I, it. I was a big fan of the berries and green mashup i, I mean was, i was a big yeah. fan of yeah like mashups back like the soundcloud mashups back in the day one of my favorite ones was uh it was taylor swift and demi lovato i i also love people writing their own stuff and then going into a song that exists like mm. It, it yeah. adds such an interesting context of like, especially for me, like a lot of the songs that at least I would like to cover is like, I, I've done a couple of them where like, it was big songs from like eight years ago that like are not <laughs> trending. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like I, they made such an impact on me that like, well, you, you ever hear songs and you're like, this, this feels like it was written for me. Yeah. Almost. yeah. You know what I mean? And then you're like, I feel like I could write my own thing on this. Yeah. Like I genuinely feel like I could put my own verse on this and it would actually like sound like, part of the song back in boston i i rewrote um money right by um not by kanye but by um john bellion yeah um because him of course he's taken that from kanye mm-hmm. but like but 
I felt like what he was writing about was so specific to like me dropping out of college and everything. Yeah. So I wanted to write my own thing on it. But like, that's one of the reasons I really loved how Leto remixed. Yeah. Because like 80s films or um, here. Here, like, he recontextualized he, everything. He rewrote the entire, all the verses. Yeah. And so he made it about what he Him. was going through, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, it's it's a remix that's it's like you're taking somebody else's thing, but like you're making it honestly you. you well, the remixing I mean? is is rewriting yeah. to a mm-hmm. degree as well. I mean, so we had some remixes where we added verses or like whatever. Yeah. I don't know if any of them wind up seeing the light of day, but like I just loved that shit. Yeah, you know, because it, yeah, there is something to be said about taking a good chorus or a framework, but changing the verses to reflect your experience. Yeah. you know, like or making them better. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, I mean, I've always been. Yeah, into that into that remix vibe. Like the whole there's a whole era where like in high school literally the only thing I was listening to was electronic music. And like if you're going to festivals, like I wasn't that's the other thing. I wasn't going to festivals. I was just watching all the clips. Right. Like I was watching the live shows. And they would they would bring in the like biggest pop vocals of the day and just put it over like banging twerk beats. You yeah. know what I mean? And like but it and it worked so well, <laughs> you know. Like it, it was something was so cool about it. Like music is such a fluid, publicly owned thing to a certain degree. Like I mean, when a song and it, and it should be enough. reflected, I think, in some of the legality of what's going on. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody should get their money. Like, like there's so much. I think here's the issue, being is that there's so much exploitation in the music industry right now from yeah. the higher ups that you know everybody's just trying to make make ends meet. Yeah, you know, it's I've, like yeah, yeah. I, I have a big thing about money and music too i mean you're you are on the podcast in which we speak about money and music (laughs) yeah this is the the gambler's guide will be coming out next week (laughs) it's it's a really like it's an interesting thing because i i sort of constantly remind myself about because people like session opportunities come up all the time and there's always a thought in my mind of like uh the number one thing is like do i like their music or do i like them as a person and then below that or right below that is like, is this going to pay me? You know what I mean? And, and there's an amount where the amount that it pays like can over, uh, only be yes. due to net necessity yes. of paying bills <laughs> where the amount that is, that's being paid is like worth it to forego either not knowing them at all or in the worst cases, not liking their music. I mean, yeah. I, lo- I just, love that you're like squirming, but we're like, we, like we are unflinching at this point. We're like, yeah, yeah that's like, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. But, and, and it's, it, it's hard. Cause I, I in a super ideal world, I, w- I would always take only my favorite sessions, and that's I'm desperately trying to set up my life so that that is the. I way think there's process. artistry to making ends meet, though. Like I yeah. Think, yeah, I think that like the reason no and I don't blink, um, you know, when we take on artists that we don't necessarily vibe or with projects, or money like, or whatever. Even if it's not artists, it's like projects or like yeah, but it's, it's because or, mm-hmm. like finding the thing to like about yeah. it or finding you know yeah, making it fun. Yeah, but, that's that's I think it takes that that's a, as much fun I think for me. Sometimes I think the reason fun. I I approach it like I was like very like cautiously is like I so dramatically don't want to ever do anything solely because it pays well. Um, because if I just wanted to make money, I'd made a terrible decision getting into music. That's like a terrible investment. Like the, the absolute main reason I'm, I do music is because it was the most fun thing I've ever done in my whole life. And it has continued at that amount of fun for as long as I've been doing it with some exceptions, but like that, that, like that philosophy of like, I 
really need, even if I have a couple of sessions that really feel like work, I have to have at least schedule some that are purely messing around. Well, I yeah. think that, you know, it's like, like you need I it for the soul. To, it's like part, it's, like it's part of my soul. It, I like have to have fun doing this. It's interesting because I think that that's where you and Noah probably have more, more in common. I think that in my head, I, I'm in music because it was the only industry I felt where the finances were tied into my ability to have ideas. Yeah. Like in my head, I got into this maybe not because it would be the most money, but it would be the money that was most linked to my ability to have ideas. Because yeah. if I worked at a company, or yeah. if I worked, you know, and maybe if I was like a stockbroker, it'd be Capped different, bit, or yeah. like something like that. But yeah, ultimately, if I was at a company and I had like you know this sort of steady thing, then then it, then there wouldn't be the same high that I get from like having an idea, executing it, and then we make X amount of money off of it. Yeah, you know. Um, now maybe I fucked myself over, but, um, and I do have a love obviously for it, but that's why I think there is like such a financial component to this for me because that is what's so exciting to me is, is there, oh, there's a metric because if you make a great song and people bounce to it, that's great. But also like the reason why somebody likes something or doesn't like something is still so nebulous sometimes to me. Whereas like if something makes money. Oh, we have created a value system. Yeah. Like that for me is like that is a direct metric. True, yeah. You know? I I've only cuz cuz there's there's been times when I've thought I've like really like tried to go after the money making songs, the situations, and I've had situations where I'm like I think this song's going to going to do it. I think this one's going to get cut somewhere. I think this one's going to be in this ad. I want to make a a bunch of money off of this. Then I don't and then I've had other situations where I'm like, you know what, screw this. I'm just going to mess around with piano, put some drums down, send it to one of my friends. And then that shit has made me more money than anything. Yeah. Well, we say every action has an unequal chaotic reaction. Yeah, exactly. That's what I love about it, man. It's like, I, I just, if I, if I have too many sessions where I walk away being like, damn, that wasn't even that. It was like kind of a, kind of a drag. And then like, damn, the song didn't even come out. Like it's, that's to me is like so soul crushing. Yeah. More so than like, when I am just like, I love making music with people who aren't in music. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty fun to like, sometimes if I go home or like some of my friends from high school who like are not in music at all. And I'm like, do you guys want to just like, I'll just make like a crazy you trap beat. Yeah. And like, yeah, and like we're just going to like rap over it. Like it's never going to come out. Yeah. Like that's so fun. I would love if that just paid me more money (laughs) (laughs) for sure. And that's, but there's, there's been times like, this is one of the reasons I love working with Ruben and Louie a lot. It's like so many of our sessions with them. Like it's so fun. Like it's not, it's like, it's really just a good time. And then music happens. You know what I mean? Like it's that's, and then we make money. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I'm so tied to this idea of like having fun and music isn't an extra luxury. It's like a, it's like a, complete like necessity it's like the main like driving point for me is that it's like a good time that makes sense like it's it's such a big factor in uh who i choose to work with like what music i'm making and like you know how i live my life is like how much i'm like enjoying the process of making the music and then of course occasional sessions that i have to take because i do have to pay rent you know what i mean Putting out music. Yeah. Working yeah. on music. 
You just put out a single. I did just put out a single. Hold up. What's with the hold up? White breath, big coat, got the cold touch. Can't hear too much of our shoulders. Don't sweat, this night isn't over. Don't stress, this love is a coaster. Jump up, jump down on my sofa. This air's too loud, the dosha. Trying to ease you out. Take a deep breath, gonna calm you down. Yes, I did. That's, yeah, It's that's the first, I think technically that is the first track I've ever like put out this like solo song. Tell, us, putting yeah, out, like, what's that tell me about like? that making that song because it, it's fucking great. Yeah, that one. I mean, uh, it's interesting because that's that one is entirely me. Like I, I did everything on it except for master it, I think. And that is a really like I've literally never put anything out like that. I've done a bunch of features and a bunch of co-writes and a bunch of productions for and with other people for years. And I think like I was always scared to put out my own music. I've, you know, what made I, this one different. A couple things. There's two reasons why this one made it. I, until about like a year and a half ago, I I finally started actually liking my own music. I have like four albums worth of stuff that is done and will most likely never come out. Uh, and then another like you know two three hundred songs that are not even like half finished and that have just been sitting on SoundCloud or whatever. And then finally. The last like two years, I started making stuff. Where I was like, you know, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, you know, like, and and it it just took so long. And then I, the reason that this one in particular came out is because uh, I showed him to uh, uh, Monster Cat, the label, mm. um, and they were like, well, I'm actually putting out three with them this year. This is the first, hey. <laughs> the first that we put out. The next one comes out. What's it called? It's called Forget About Me. Don't you forget about me. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a fun one. Uh they're that one's also very dancey. And then the third one comes out late May. So that one that one's not out yet. The first two, Hold Up and Forget About Me, are both just me I, uh doing everything except for mastering, I think. And then the next, the final one that comes out is one that I actually co-wrote. I did the production, I'm probably gonna mix it, but I co-wrote it with Maria. Uh, Landy Perrin, she's the and best. Nicole, the best. and and I've wrote, I've written a, a bunch with them for both Maria and Perrin stuff. I've done some stuff with Maria and stuff with Nicole. And then one day I was like, "How about you guys want to like want to do one of mine?" <laughs> and that one's that one's fun. That one's like uh, it's interesting because Monster Cat is an electronic label. Um, I don't think I'm an electronic artist necessarily. I think I do a lot of like Hold Up is a very electronic song. It yeah. has like a drop, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the other two do not. They have, it's like hooks. I mean, there's like, you know, bigger bass at that moment, but there's, they're set up like hooks. Um, and so I was like, I really like, I'm trying to push like, it's not really an EDM project. It's just sort of whatever I want to work on. Yeah. Cause I have a bunch of other songs I really like that I want to put out. One of them is like an insanely slow, like 12, eight, you know, D'Angelo, John Mayer type groove like it's like not even remotely dancey you know what i mean and i i really am into kind of all of it like yeah in the way that i like to produce a lot of genres for different people like i kind of like doing it for myself as well and i think anyone who's gonna be a like capital n s nick smith fan yeah is good like that's part of the brand like, yeah that's like that's like, what people are gonna come yeah, to you for is like wow this guy's got range yeah and, like, i'm gonna put out like ballads in the same you know year i'm gonna put yeah, out like it's, super it's, club bangers it's your style like, like yeah it's the same as your production like I, 
it's going to be linked by your vibe. Yeah. yeah. If, if anything comes through in, in my music in particular for, or that I want to come through, regardless of like lyrics, all that, like I want people to know that I'm a fan of music. Yeah. <laughs> like that is like as, as much as I can put it down, like that is, I like music. So like it is my more, more so than making music. I probably listen to music equally as much i mean i think that carries like i yeah. think i think that it's one of the I, we've talked about this before it's just like i'm always very floored by how much you love music how much yeah. you're a fan of music you know it's like it's, it's, you can never get enough you're insatiable yeah, yeah i i love so much music and i and i really do and and i've yet to find a genre i can just write off yeah. if somebody i used there's all there's been genres where i'm like i don't know about that and then somebody showed me something you know what i mean I mean, the big ones for a lot of people, for whatever reason, a lot of people don't like country. Which Dude, country slaps. I'm like, you got to you got to dig shit. deeper if you don't yeah. like country. You're you're not. I was, you should check out. I've been for, listening to Church Street Blues. Yeah, on, on repeat. I like Casey Musgraves is oh. like consistently oh, making some of the craziest. Yeah, Katie Pruitt. Yeah, and even like I, I used to be into really really old, like uh, like Hank Williams, like yeah. even Elvis era, mm-hmm. like Johnny Cash era, like. Almost like bluegrass, western, but like early roots country kind of vibe. Hell, Dolly Parton, one of the yeah, greatest yeah, yeah. to ever Dolly, do it. Yeah, one yeah. One of the greatest to ever do this game. Straight up, yeah. And 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 same, like recently, the other one, I say recently, I mean, I, I got into it, I guess, at Berkeley, but like like metal, like mm-hmm. death metal and, and black metal and like really heavy stuff. I, I never really found myself to be that into in high school. And then somebody showed me like, no, no, this is. What what, what did is, it for you? What what broke it open for you? Uh, it's it's a couple. I mean, part of it was the the really like musical side. So there's yeah. like dudes like Stephen Toronto, Animals as Leaders, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Chon, like that. Chon especially is like such a bridge. For yeah, Chon, all, like, at least. Uh, Chon uh, is like Polyphia. Yeah, Polyphia. That, that's even like now. Yeah, like and that. then and then I started diving deeper in like Meshuga even and mm-hmm. like and then and then I was like going back. I was like, all right, well, who are like the the OGs and like. I even started listening to like Whitechapel a little bit. Oh my god! Which is like <laughs> that's a crazy. Band. <laughs> yeah, that's what, like some death metal. That's right, Whitechapel is like some, yeah, is what the it saws, is. the laws. I, 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 like, don't, I don't think like I'm very like, sensitive. Like I don't think I can. Like I used to listen to a lot of that stuff. I don't think I listen to that as much anymore. Just just be out of there out was, of general sensitivity. But I have yeah. such an appreciation for it. We were even we were working on a song after Charlie's show mm-hmm. where we were like. Let's do the Coheed and Cambria thing. Yeah. Which in my head is just like literally just like call and response. Yeah. Right. Counterpoint. I I, uh, I think Eric showed me this. Uh, uh, I forget if it's an album or a track. I'm, I'm the worst for it. But it, it's, it's called The Contortionist. And it's probably like the most like the best example of like beautiful metal screaming I've ever heard. Because mm. it layers this uh, like insanely like 80s delayed kind of guitar. You know, they got that eighth delay that like mm-hmm. feels like it just keeps going forever. They have this long ass like minute half long intro starts building up with the drums and then finally they drop in with the vocals. They have this like soaring top lead and like heavy scream mixed underneath it. Mm-hmm. It's just such a catharsis. It's like a crazy composition. You know what I mean? I think one of my favorite quotes of all time was from Ray Charles when he was talking about, uh, he was like, everybody likes to say that I sing soul music. And like, that's all music has soul. Like polka music has soul. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's not, I don't sing soul well, music. I just sing music, you know? And I like, love that. I think to Noah's point, like there, there was an early understanding, I think um, that led into how we produce of just of complexity versus um, simplicity as far as a payoff goes. Yeah. Cause like, 
you know, now, and now that's in like having like a, you know, a wordy verse that goes into a pretty clean chorus. So mm-hmm. that works into like, if you're going to have like chromatic shit, have like a, you know, pretty diatonic chorus yeah. or like whatever. But, you know, when we were growing up, like a lot of that stuff was, oh, you're going to have this screaming moment right before this really beautiful chorus. Yeah. And so, you know, you show it to your mom. She's like, what? What? I'm like, trust me, it gets really pretty. Yeah. Just get through this it's, part because it's you have to feel yourself being agitated to yeah. feel the release of it. You know, oh, that's crazy. It reminds me of two things. It reminds me of the way you described that. It's it's composition. Like it's 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 decision making. Like I was saying, like it's it's putting a crazy screaming moment before a crazy ethereal, like beautiful. Moment. There's there's an impact to that. The other thing I was going to say reminds me a lot of animes where people are like, I promise you the first 10 episodes are a little slow. <laughs> yeah, right? You got to right, do right. a lot of explaining. Uh, what was the one I watched uh, about time travel? It doesn't matter. It, you got to get like nine episodes in it before they even establish the mechanics of the world. And then once you get there, it it's the craziest, it's the craziest story. You can't, you have to establish the rules. You have to establish all this stuff, but the payoff. If you can make Attack on Titan, honestly. Attack on Titan. Yeah, Attack on Titan. Is, I'm not gonna. That, yeah. I'm not gonna spoil it. Obviously, they but like two seasons to set it up. Two, three seasons. Three seasons. Three whole seasons to set up what happens, and then it's the single best payoff in a TV show yeah. almost ever, in my opinion. In the way that they and they're still they got a couple episodes left, but if, if you haven't seen Attack on Titan, you just it's one of those ones. I promise you, just stick with it. <laughs> Because it gets so crazy. And the, oh, the other thing I was going to say about composition, because I want to talk about my mom. Attack on Titan. No, I was going to talk about my mother. Because uh, uh, my mother is an artist. All right. Uh, pastel artist. Not in music, even remotely. No one in my family is in music. Uh, I had a, apparently, my grandmother, who I, I unfortunately was never able to meet, uh, was very musical. Oh, wow. Didn't Wasn't like pursuing music as a career, but just like very much appreciated music and the arts. Um, but other than that, not much music. A lot of a lot of teachers in my family, and but the, my mom is a pastel artist professionally, and I mean, obviously it might sound like I'm biased, but I personally genuinely believe I think she's probably one of the current greatest pastel artists alive. I mean, it's <laughs> I gorgeous. It it's gorgeous. Biased. No, it's gorgeous. <laughs> she's genuinely like in some of these like pastel societies in America where it's like. You, you have to like climb all these levels. Like she's in the, the highest level you can be in. There's maybe 20 other people in America who are in that like level of mastery. Where can people find her art? Uh, she is. Oh, you can follow her on Instagram. Jeannie Roser Smith uh, art. Oh, is it just Jeannie Roser Smith on Instagram? It's Jeannie Roser Smith art. I think she, she does well. You're gorgeous. Yeah, Holy she's shit. <laughs> yeah, she's crazy. Especially with pastels. Like it's, it's oh, so yeah, she's impressive. Crazy. It's gonna, a- I mean, yeah, you get the, you get the, the movement of the water and the colors, like the, the translucent. Shit. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier with the the randomness of of realism. Yeah. Like it's the waves and water are insanely so hard, hard to get right. And I one of the things I uh, I mean I personally like about her. She I know she's gonna listen to this too, which is why this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's that's really funny. But she she's got such a ridiculous grasp on color mm-hmm. that I will go and especially paints a lot of new England uh, beaches. She gets the light through the water. Yeah. So perfectly. I will, I will go to beaches and be like, Oh shit, this looks like a painting. <laughs> 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 and no, I've never seen another artist even come close. Yeah. Like I, I maybe I I'm that. just like, like I said, maybe I'm just biased, but like I've gone to a lot of art shows in my life. And I've been to a lot of beaches yeah. and, and no one has, has captured the, like the greens and the pastel of like, 
of uh of the the marshes going like blowing in the wind and like the way that like water and light kind of reflect off of each other the way that like foam splashes up into the air when a wave hits does she when drop you, from like when reference you look, much or does she just she, like now she'll take have, pictures like, yeah she'll also go uh she'll do plein air painting sometimes oh, she'll yeah. literally stand on a beach and and paint when you look at it from like the instagram like you think view, it's a photo it, they look like photos and then you, you zoom like, in and yeah, you go those are brush strokes like, oh, brush you can strokes. see the material on yeah. it, which i love yeah and it's and i've talked a lot i think one of the reasons like growing up i I kind of always wanted to do music since like mid high school. I was like, I, I want to go to, Ber- I applied to one school and <laughs> I only applied to Berkeley yeah. <laughs> and thank God I got in. Right. And, uh, but I, I was pretty, I was pretty dead set. This has been the only thing I've been into for, for a really long time, uh, at least like professionally. And she was always, she was like, no, your art's a business. Like you can, you can make art. You don't have to sacrifice your artistry either to like, make money like you can you can basically do what you need to do it's gonna take it takes a long time well she she's got this but, skill and so you yeah she's teaching you hone your craft every every year since i left she's just continued to make more and more money like she just redid her kitchen like she she really has started to like uh she taught me how to do my taxes as an independent i love uh, that you know what i mean me and as like, a dad yeah because <laughs> she's like you're gonna need to know how to do this because you're but it was it was always the sense of like i could do what i wanted because she knew it was possible and that biggest difference you can make is just like and even just like seeing her as like oh you can it it took i mean I, she'd been painting my whole life and and sort of my dad was uh mainly making a lot of money in the earlier part of my life but it took a while for her kind of painting like career to get, you know, take off while she was like taking care of three kids. But as soon as it's, as it did, and as soon as she could start doing it on her own, like she immediately just started making more money every year and, and seeing that and being like, Oh, if you actually treat this like a real career and you like, you're not just like, it's not just a you hobby. Grow. Yeah. You grow and you can become successful. Yeah. You can. That must, that's amazing. That you, I feel like that's an incredible role model yeah. like, to have so close to you. Yeah, like, and, I love that. And, and, and to be cheering you on. Yeah, of course. Like she'll. <laughs> it's funny. I I remember early on she was not a fan of electronic music. <laughs> <laughs> I remember specifically. I don't know why this sticks in my head, but she doesn't. I showed her some stuff like Avicii is a big side chain synth. <laughs> like it has a big like yeah. kind of vibe to it, or even like feature bass is bare like. <laughs> you know what i mean that's like a really good uh good beatbox <laughs> impression of it yeah. but like i remember she was like I, she described it, she's like i don't like it sounds like it's like getting like suctioned away i was like i don't like that sound because <laughs> it, it doesn't sound real and i was like damn i guess you're, yeah i was like i love that sound so i guess yeah. but recently she's like it, everything i post she's really into <laughs> so I i'm like that. i don't know if you just i i don't know if you actually like the music or if you just care about me enough to <laughs> to be excited about it but I think a little bit of both. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Because uh, yeah. so I make some ridiculously stupid music, uh, <laughs> and but she seems to be into a lot of it. But it, it was definitely yeah, it was cool. And same with same with my dad was like, as long as you like treat this like a like a business, you know, as long as you like actually like do this smart. Like there was there wasn't as much pushback as I was expecting when I was when I was a lot younger. I, I feel like I always like 
I, th- I thought I had heard so much stories. Like everybody's like music. People are going to give you so much shit for doing music. Like I, I got like a surprisingly small amount of shit for right. being like, no, I want to do. I got more shit dropping out of college than I did from actually music. That makes sense. Music. I, I, there was a point where I thought I might've wanted to drop out and I, that was never an option. Right. right I right. had to finish. That for sure. no, that was, that's how I, I, I wasn't even, I never even really questioned it that much. I was like, no, I, yeah, you're right. I'm, I guess I'm just going to have to, you know, there was actually an interesting, I, there was a whole year out here. I was missing one credit from Berkeley. Oh, oh no. wow. And I, I did not, I was like, I don't give a shit. I don't, I've done, I've done the time. I bet right, the right, friends right. I have the, quote unquote, you this first the, too, the yeah. quote unquote skills I need getting the piece of paper the is going to make paper. literal zero difference. To my life. And both my mom and my dad were like, just get to do the class. Yeah, that's <laughs> like my parents like, were like, get the like, piece of paper, finish what you started. I don't think you understand like, right, how, like, how violently I oppose doing one extra liberal arts elective credit <laughs> to get a degree I don't care about. Yeah. Like, right. I don't want to take three months of, of one class just so that I can get a piece of paper. I, I ended up working it out with Berkeley. <laughs> oh, I, wow. like, emailed them and I was like, hey, can I, can I just not? <laughs> and they were like, okay. Fine. And they were like, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. This dude I was working with, who's like 70. He was just like yeah. an old industry guy. He told me he was making fun of me because I was he was like, he was like, How old are you? I'm like, I'm 24. He's like, All right, well, you gotta know, I've been in this business for like 50 years. <laughs> You have no idea how much time you have left. <laughs> you have so he was, the way he phrased that I thought was funny. He was like, "You have so much time left. You could get into drugs and fuck your whole life up and still come back and make it." <laughs> I was like, "I love." I was like, "That's not gonna happen." Ideally, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. But like, I'm glad you uh, are are appreciative of that. You know, I'm glad you are. You believe in my ability to fuck my life up and still come back and make it happen. I love the idea of a slow burn career. Yeah. Like I've also, I've posed this question to a couple of my friends. I'm like, if I told you that like every cut, every session you'd want to get, you could have all of it, but you're going to have to wait 12 years. Hmm. Like, wouldn't it be a shame on year 11 if you said, you know, I've been waiting too long. Yeah. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> keep going. going try, and, try and keep it fun in the meantime so you don't, you know, completely lose lose faith and burn out. I mean, I say this now. I'm still, like, young. Yeah, in the exactly. Of things, but, like, I don't know. I just, if you can keep it fun the whole time, like, what's yeah. a couple more years? What's a couple more years? I love that. No, <laughs> like, I, what happens if it happens at 60? Fuck. <laughs> what was the last, like, 25 years are dope. Like, is it worth it if it took that long? Like, I think so. And yeah, and that's why the less you can beat yourself up and be like, I'm not popping off on TikTok. Like, yeah, that's right. Like, you know, I've been saying like, maybe the thing that, that breaks us is an app that hasn't been invented yet. Yeah. You know, right? like it's the future MySpace. It's uh, it's it's like that thing of like Stone Mason who's chipping away at the at the rock knows that it isn't the thousandth blow that breaks it, but the 999 that came before it. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. You like you and you never you, that's the, the worst part is not knowing how far it's going to take. But right. Right. It's 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 crazy how much has changed in like a couple of years, even in like two years. Like what's another what's another two years? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what's another? After yeah. These that, last two years I have gone by years. pretty, pretty. I mean, weirdly. But yeah. like now that they're gone, it's like, wow, that just kind of happens. So I just like, feel yeah. like if if it if it takes another 10, what's another 10? Like if I can get everything I want and it takes that long, like I right, let me 
let me have some fun in the meantime, I guess. Like, let me try and like. And, and ultimately, I'd rather head, you know? I'd rather that than get everything I want now and lose it a year later. Yeah, you get. I, I've seen so many. What I want is the long career. Seen so many friends career. get locked into something into a contract because of like one song on TikTok, and then the label can't doesn't want to put any more of their music out. You know what I mean? Like it's you can get so like bad contracts make people not want to make music. Yeah, you know, quick quick big builds like that can can burn out quicker, you know? Like I, I like doing music. I want to do it a lot yeah, <laughs> for like a long period of time. Nick Smith, are you ready for the question round? The question round. Definitely not. <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> All right. Is there a really cool app on your phone that folks don't necessarily know about? You know what is dope? Hit me well, with it. I'm going to give you two. All right. Um, one of them is called Nebula. Uh, it's a streaming service. Oh. Ooh. You, you ever heard about Nebula and Curiosity Stream? No. It's no. basically a bunch of YouTubers who will, who like, they're like educational channels. Oh, like yeah. Wendover, Half is Interesting, uh, Real Life Lore. Even like, I think Adam Neely does a bunch of stuff on Nebula too. Oh, that's cool. But basically it's like, the whole pr- point of it is like YouTube's algorithmic uh, processes means you can't talk about a lot of things as well as certain things don't get as big because, you know, it's, it's yeah. algorithms. On Nebula, it's it's the people who make the content, they own Nebula. It's like the YouTube channels created that. So it's all this like crazy educational stuff that like you can't find on YouTube. That's wow. just, so like one of my favorite series recently is, is called Modern Conflicts. It's on Nebula. I love how I'm just giving free promo right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and basically, it just it details, like, the circumstances for a lot of, like, modern wars. Wow. Including, like, you know, what's going on with Ukraine right now. And, like, the most recent video they had was the last invasion, or one of the last invasions Russians did of Georgia. Oh, wow. Um, they, have, they have this whole series, or the whole episode on the uh, North Korean war with South Korea. It's stuff that, like, if you were to put that on YouTube, it immediately get demonetized. Right. So they put it up on Nebula, and it's so interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> it's that's that they have a bunch of. It's a bunch of just educational stuff. It's like it's like really really. Interesting. The other app I was going to talk about is uh, is Sideswipe, which is the two D version of Rocket League. Oh. Which is, <laughs> which is it's just really fun. <laughs> You're a big Rocket League guy, right? Dude, I am a big Rocket League guy. That's uh, two of my songs are in Rocket League. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, one of my first ones with the second song. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The second song I ever put out with Smile was a song with we put out through Monster Cat that we got into Rocket League. And I was like, I think that's one of the biggest, bigger songs that I'm a part of. And then the most recent one was we did with this streamer named Athena. Um uh, a song called Eternal that we had. It was a title track for like two or three weeks. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it was like very, I'm just very looking cool. at Sideswipe. Somebody it's cool. playing it. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. It's a really fun game. It's it's really just Rocket League, but it's two D. So it's you like you know bump it off the ceiling. That's awesome. so it's a good time. All right, next question, Noah. All right, Nick Smith. What is your phone background? Uh, my phone background is a bunch of roses that I took a picture of. Ooh. Um, in uh, or actually, it's not roses. They're technically tulips, but they're red. Uh, I went to Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I went to Amsterdam for that. Yeah, for the, it was one of the, it was a Berkeley class. They do the sync licensing class and they take you to, if you want, you can go to Amsterdam. So like, you know, you have to do a a internship for music business. I don't know if you're in the the music business major, but for music business, you have to 
uh, do an internship or you could take this sync licensing class and they take you to Amsterdam for a week and you just like go meet with the school there and you take some classes there. And we got to go to this, like they're like the number one exporter of like tulips and flowers, like in either Europe or in the world. And so that you, you can go to these giant fields where they farm flowers and you just walk around in a magical fairyland of colorful rainbows. (laughs) Like it's, it's spectacular. It's one of those beautiful places I've been so jealous. It's, it's, absolutely spectacular but I, I took a picture of that on my phone and it look, i thought it looked cool like red with the black outline on my phone and then my actual like home that's the lock screen my home screen is um from Howl's moving castle oh what scene uh it's just like big you know they, they they go out into the field and it's like the flowers and the yeah. and the lakes and like it's it's that one where there's like the cottage right yep. in the middle you know yeah, what i'm yeah. talking about but they like kind of where they have the flashback of yeah, how later, they yeah. show you like the whole field is like this is a perfect like i love like, that movie swedish so much. hillside you know what i mean yeah. like oh that's yeah a great movie. That's, that's one of my favorite Miyazaki movies next question do you have a non-musical hobby uh well rocket league for one that'll yeah that'll yeah. definitely do it yeah uh Definitely, yeah, good chunk of video games. I'll that's say it. that's mine, probably. Yeah, 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 a lot of Zelda, you know, whatever. Uh, and and just hey, like I play some board games with friends too. Like, nice. just generally it's hanging. On. Yeah, I hang out with a lot of friends. It's like that's good. I know it's it's always a weird question because like I really don't do that much beyond music, right? You know, like that's I really, fair. I really definitely like. I say hanging out with friends and yeah, playing some video games. Love that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. On to a very important question. Most important question. Oh boy. Would you be a pirate? (laughs) That's the question? Yeah, that's the question. No. Why not? That's a terrible life. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I think. It's, it's an awful there, there life. Have you ever there's heard of what it was like to be a pirate? It's awful. You we've just been, get scurvy. Been, you get hella diseases. Yeah. Nobody wanted to be 50, a pirate. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was like, damn, I really wish I could be a pirate. I was like, I gotta. I have no money. I have no abilities to do other things. Time to turn to a life of crime. No, I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> I would like to be a pirate. Let the record show. The record has been the record, shown. The record has been it shown. It has been shown. It has, oh, God. It, it has been shown. Our, oh, I, oh, my God. I do not want to be a pirate. That's so funny. Next question. Uh, do you have any tattoos? No. Do you want one? Yes. What you going to get? So I've thought of getting, because uh, some of my friends got this, a digital clock oh. that says 808. <laughs> That's no, cute. I'm, make a beat, baby. Yeah, that's right. It was because me, Ruben and I, We'll text each other most days at, or a lot of days at 808 and be like, yo, it's 808. <laughs> I, I was at your house once at 808 and I yeah. wanted to go, hey, it's 808. You're and like, I was like, oh, shit, oh, I got a text room. What was the first concert you ever attended? Woo. Uh, I'm not 100% sure because there were, I went to some really small things. The first big concert, like like arena concert, and I'm not ashamed to say this. Hit me. Pentatonics. Hell yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That works. The the first what I I felt weird about that one because it didn't feel as much like a concert as I would have liked. I think the first like like real shit I, I saw Zed once. Oh, and that was yeah. that was like some of the craziest productions still to this day I've ever seen. With the lasers, the lights, everything, sure. the sound design. He had a big giant screen behind him with the craziest visuals you've ever seen. Yeah, that was that was a really good time. I'll do it. I'll say, yeah, those two. Can you recommend our listeners? A movie, a book, and a TV show. Oh, I don't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> An oh, audiobook, maybe? Oh, goodness. Um, a movie. Whew. 
you know what I watched recently I thought was really beautiful? Uh, I think it won a bunch of awards. It's called Nomadland. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Nomadland. That, that movie is, solid. is astonishing. And I had an experience driving across from Boston to L.A. I drove a lot of, like, drove through New Mexico, drove through the South. Like, I love the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Right. I adore being in a long road with nothing on either mm-hmm. side of you. So that, that movie, like really, I was like, it's a very kind of depressing movie, low key, but yeah. Just, oh, yeah. something about it was like, really like, damn, like, yeah, you do just kind of keep moving forward, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that is life. <laughs> Whoo! Like, and that, yeah, that, that movie was crazy. Uh, uh, what was the other two? It was a book. Movie and TV show. Dog. I haven't read books in a minute. I'm Don't worry. Skip the books. Skip the books. I could, I could recommend you some podcasts, man. There There's you go. This one called talking. La- no, I'm kidding. Ah. Uh, uh, th- I will say there was a uh, uh, a show I listened to recently. It was about oh, I think it was called Mogul. Um, uh, yeah. It's about the uh, it started off as a history of uh, hip hop, mm-hmm. um, or the specifically this one dude in hip. The first season was this one guy, uh, uh, Chris Letty. I want to say was it, and then the second season was all about Two Live Crew and like Miami bass and like Southern hip hop. Amazing story. I think the history of hip hop is like incredibly crucial to know if you ever want to make hip hop <laughs> you know uh and then was what was the third thing it was tv show tv show Ooh, barry oh yeah barry's great new so. season coming barry's, soon. barry's an underrated show new opinion. season coming soon yeah that's that show is is marvelous there's nothing really quite like it yeah that and attack on titan of course of course attack on titan, so good, good stuff final season let's go all right do you have a scar with a story no he's unscathed but <laughs> but I did break my femur one time. Oh, um, how'd you do that? When I was three, I think. It was either two or three. I was very young. I don't remember the event happening. I remember some of the aftermath. I uh, I went to kick a soccer ball that my brother had passed to me. And um, as the doctor called it, I did what is known as a Charlie Brown maneuver, where you kick so hard that you actually flip around. Whoa. I landed like on my knee or something, twisted. Broke my femur. Broke the femur. Broke it completely. I had to relearn how to walk. That's when I was really young. I had to, yeah. And apparently, too, is like, that's like not a. <laughs> they had to. They had to ask my parents. Was like, so what happened? You know what I mean? Like, because that's not like a normal break. And so they're like, what? What really went down? Like thinking they had like done something. And they're like, oh no, he went to like kick his soccer ball and. And Charlie flipped around Brown. and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's classic. It's Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we Charlie see Brown. that all the time, you know." And they're, they're about to come for your parents. Yeah, they're I know like, yeah. they were. And, and uh, but no, it was a uh, it was my inaptitude at, at sports that allowed <laughs> that to happen. Um, so yeah, I went into music after that. Scarring, there, there you, you know go. What I mean? Yeah, I feel that. Can't hurt yourself as much in music. Yeah, only well, emotionally. <laughs> only emotionally. Unless you like climb in the the like, like yeah, telephone pole. Get up on that, the speaker stand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The speaker stand. <laughs> Thing topples over. Like yeah. Um. All right. Nick Smith, what are three thoughts you have at this very moment? At this very moment. At this very moment? Yeah. Those plants are cool. I kind of wish there was more of them in here, honestly. I'm nice. excited to take this picture that's about to happen. Um, and I've just, I keep looking over these blobs on the monitor, man. <laughs> Those audio blobs. We love a good audio blob. All right, Noah. And lastly. Oh, boy. What are you looking forward to? Oh, looking forward to looking forward to all this music that's coming out. I'm looking forward to my, I'm looking forward to my friends. I think a lot mm-hmm. of my friends are going to be really, really successful. Yeah. And I'm very excited to see that happen. I'm so, I I am very confident in the in the in the group of friends that's that's been floating around recently that I've been hanging out with. Cause like we we talk about it a lot, like with my roommates with Charlie, like with Smile, like very shonen mentality. 
You know what I mean? You know, the early stages of every shonen anime, they're all like in school together. Uh-huh. And they start like, <laughs> you low, you're trying to like out, outdo each other a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you're all there in the spirit of like, we're getting better together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's like what I'm most excited for is like seeing what, what me and all my friends do in the next like five years. Well, it's just like, it's been this beautiful community. I mean, yeah. even like, we're talking Charlie, like we just had Akintoye on the podcast. Like, yep you know, smile on the, like we're building this community of friends that we're all just like growing together. Super. But then you see, you know, Charlie play the echo and you're like, fuck, this is going to go. Like yeah, this dude, is going to go fun, hard. Man. Yeah. They, they know how to do a show. You Hell know, yeah, they do. a lot of people forget to do like a show when they do a show. Oh, like, it was one of the best. He shows puts on a show. You know what I mean? It's, it's so cool. Him and them fantasies. Like they know, They're they so know good. how to play. Like yeah, they know real. how to like perform, which it's very cool. You, that that's a big when you watch somebody live like that. That's like a, oh yeah, yeah it's different. That, you it's get different. that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, feeling, oh, they're, man. It's like oh, I've seen them in the studio, but like this is yeah, they're they're doing something here. Like <laughs> no, but Nick, it's so good to finally have you on the podcast. Yeah, you are such a member in this community of like yeah, you're, you're developing everybody's sounds. You're you're there like on the ground, bringing people together, supporting people no matter where they are in their careers. Thank you for for working with with Jess and mm-hmm. with us and, and everything like you've really, you've been there for people in such a strong way. Thanks, and I'm just so excited to see what happens with you as an artist and also to all of the friends that we are, uh, you know, in, in school with, so yeah, to speak. That's right. So man, thank you for, thank you for being here. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you for having yes. me. Yeah, it's been fun. Don't you forget Thank you for listening and see you next time.